Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, Melbourne. Welcome to Dirt Radio. You're listening to This Morning on 3CR with Alana Mountain. I have Elise on the line who is the campaign coordinator of Sustainable Cities to have a special juicy chat with this morning. So Elise, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you going this morning? I'm great. I'm up here um, on sunny Darawal country in New South Wales um, in Wollongong. And yeah, feeling, feeling good. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Had a nice sleep and woke up to a sunny morning. Actually saw the sunrise on my commute into the station. So, yeah, feeling awake and ready for the day and ready for this juicy as conversation with you that we've been waiting to have. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Let's get into it. So, Elise, give me the goss. What's been happening at Sustainable Cities lately? Well, yeah, a lot of things... um, As usual, we've always got so many different things going on, but I thought for this first episode of Juicy Justice, I would talk about a couple of things that we're doing. So one of them um, is sort of core work of the Better Buses campaign, and then the other thing is Transport Equity Week. Um, So I'll start by talking about what's going on with the Better Buses campaign. So we've started um, a bit of a project lately doing our own community consultation um, with people who live in Melbourne's western suburbs because um, the there is a need for us to fill a gap where basically the state government have fallen short. Um, so in their Victorian bus plan, they have pilot areas for reform in Melbourne in the northern suburbs and in the northeast, and then they've also got one in Mildura. Uh, but they, for some reason, didn't choose Melbourne's western suburbs um, as part of these reform pilots, even though they're the fastest growing area in the country. Um, there's actually 12 to 13 children born every day in the city of Wyndham, which is now a city bigger than um, Geelong in terms of population. Wow. And, um, yeah, and, you know, we know that uh, public transport is desperately needed out there and that buses are basically the fastest and easiest solution to solve um, public transport issues uh, in the West. I think especially considering the fact that um, there's now a major cost of living crisis going on um, as well as a climate crisis, um, there's a real urgency um, for the government to do this and especially in the West. So um, we've been doing our own consultation, basically asking the same questions um, that the government was asking the community in the northern suburbs and the northeast um, so that we can, I guess, compare the data. But we're also adding questions um, of our own that draw out more of the experiential knowledge and understand the needs of the community more based in, um, I guess, the overlapping dis- like layers of discrimination and oppression that folks face based on, you know, their... Um, gender identity, their race, the language they speak, um, whether they've got a disability or not. So, um, yeah, and these are all layers that 
I guess are perpetuated by the racist colonial patriarchal system of which our transport network is a part. So, um, yeah, I guess we're, yeah, trying to fill that gap and I guess show that these are questions that really the government should be asking and considering when they do their own consultancy. Mm, Absolutely. I actually went to school out in the West in Werribee and I used to catch some of those buses to school back in the day and they are super infrequent or very overcrowded and yeah I was constantly missing buses or just squashed into them like a sardine and it's not fun and that area Um, has just grown insanely quickly (laughs) and we see our roads so congested as well people are struggling to commute because it just grew without any proper planning of how people are going to access public transport and yeah our roads so thank you for doing that work Elise I wanted to know a little bit more about how you've been growing the social movement around sustainable cities and what have been some key juicy moments for your campaigning yeah so uh as with most faux collectives we have been community organizing that's like our approach to our campaigns so we've been connecting with um groups across the west that are already either like focused on um transport or um especially like with groups who live out in um those outer estates that are just being like sold to developers who just build like houses upon houses with absolutely no public transport um provisions so yeah we've been connecting with groups across the world the west to build a real community-led um campaign and that's been like growing you know we've really been seeing more and more momentum building around the campaign and um you know really like growing an entire movement that's grounded in equity and climate justice um and I guess doing things like Transport Equity Week, which is a project that we, um, a week of action that's going to be happening later in the year, September 17th to 23rd, to, um, I guess, put pressure on governments to provide a system of transport that is more equitable. Um, And the week of action is, um, I guess, a moment for communities to um, take action and highlight and demonstrate you know the way that this system is causing transport disadvantage for them and demand changes um from the government and i guess yeah in terms of juicy moments there's there's a couple i can think of i think you know earlier this year before the state government's budget was released we held the first ever rally for bus reform on parliament steps um which i would say is pretty juicy um (laughs) don't really hear about rallies happening around bus reform so the first of many, I hope, as this movement, you know, this community-led movement continues to grow. Um, we had some pretty amazing speakers from the community there um, as well. We had Shannon from Brimbank, who was just an absolute powerhouse. Um, her, yeah, speech was really, really powerful coming from someone who is immunocompromised and how, um, yeah, the transport network just feels really unsafe um, for her with that layer and also as a woman. Um, and yeah, I guess some other juicy mo- moments and something that's been like really, really awesome to see is the group of residents in Mount Atkinson that have like developed a really strong, um, local sort of campaign or action group, 
um, where they've started to really actively um, engage their local decision makers and their MP, Luba Grigorovich, around um, the multitude of kind of issues that they're facing um, through living in one of these outer estates that's just been built with, like, it seems to be there's just no provision for, like, any livability whatsoever in mind um, in these estates. So, um, and that's something that grew out of just, like, one connection with me meeting someone at a transport forum in October last year that, you know, ended up a few of us going to a meeting with their MP and then they, you know, then they um, organised their own meeting where it had like 20 residents and then it became 40, 50 and now there's like a whole group and they're doing so much action um, in that area. So, yeah, that's a pretty pretty awesome thing to see the, the power that they are building in that area and that's something that's happening all across the West and when like multiple groups all across the West um, start doing this, this is when, you know, we are going to see real action that's rooted in the needs of the community um, and based off lived experience of people who are like truly facing um, the highest levels of transport disadvantage in our community. Mm. So good that you're doing that work, Elise. And it's pretty amazing watching you go and, you know, supporting your community to grow. As a long-term forest (laughs) campaigner, I've, you know, I stand on the shoulders of many who've come before me. And so I've had this, um, you know, advantage of being able to keep carrying that torch. Um, But you, yeah, you're working in a way that is quite different because this is kind of a very new movement and you're really connecting and speaking to a lot of really interesting people and sharing their life stories. And I think that's what is super critical at this point in history. It's having that connection to our human story and allowing people to understand through that lens as to why it's important to acquire these really important uh, social changes for the benefit of all. So I commend you, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just the moment to be doing it as, you know, um, there's so many elements of like, I guess, social equity Mm. to it, but also in terms of the climate crisis, um, transport is the second largest and fastest growing source of emissions in Victoria and the third largest in the country. So it's something that like more groups really need to be pivoting their attention towards and um, not just when it comes to individual modes of transport, like electric vehicles, but like public transport that is something that is communal that interconnects communities that we can all use and um, have access to no matter how much money we're earning every week Um, public transport is a service that the government should be providing for everyone and it should be usable and it should be electric Mm. Um, I've heard that the double deckers yeah absolutely I heard a friend say to me on the weekend that the double deckers in England have become electric which is pretty exciting that's good yeah yeah I mean like countries all across Europe are just leagues ahead of Australia in terms of um, both electrification of their transport networks and also just the way they plan and structure their routes like I don't know if anyone has ever looked at a map of Melbourne's bus routes but it's just like a squiggly spaghetti bowl that makes absolutely no sense Um, so that's why we're asking for them to swap it to a grid that actually is you know efficient and makes sense Um, but yeah, we're just yeah we're just really far behind. The government's really falling short on doing what they need to do 
Um, and there's really a matter of urgency to it. So we're really hoping that they'll do something in this term of government because they need to and the community and people in the West are calling for this and have been for a long time. So, yeah. So how can um, people support today who are listening, Elise? Ah, uh, Well, yeah, jump on to our website and join our collective. <laughs> um, we meet every week at the moment, um, usually on Wednesdays, but we also, um, for Transport Equity Week, are really encouraging groups to jump on board and organise their own actions. And that can be, you know, that can range in size, like anything that I guess is really important to your local community. Um, and yeah, or, you know, you can also sort of just sign up to follow us and, um, see what other groups are doing and join in on actions that will be sort of shared on the website. Um, so if you, yeah, hop on the website, you'll see there's like a form to register for Transport Equity Week. So yeah, or just, you know, follow us on socials, the, that usual kind of thing. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Great. <laughs> well, I can't wait to keep seeing you kick goals and, yeah, all the best. And I hope that we see some radical electric bus uh, <laughs> shifts in our and community soon. Woo! Give yeah. us the grid network. None of these squiggly spaghetti lines. Thank you very no much. No more spaghetti. <laughs> we want the grid. No more spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that would make a good banner. No worries, Elise. <laughs> We're going to go to a quick announcement and we'll be back after the break. See ya. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Everybody Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 8.55 on the AM Guard. You're listening to Dirt Radio with Alana Mountain. And we are going to be talking to Potto from Tassie, Luchawita. How's it going? Very well. Good morning to you. Good morning, my friend. I'm so glad to have you on the show this morning to talk about the Grassroots Action Network in Tassie. How's that all been yeah. going down there? And can you tell our listeners this morning a little bit about what Grant is? Cool, yeah. So Grant, um, as you mentioned, Grassroots Action Network Tassie um, started up uh, about two and a half years ago at the start of 2021. Um, just a couple of folks came together with the idea um, that we could kind of bridge the gap between environmental and social justice issues um, down on the little island. And, um, yeah, we we all know that, um, you know, all these different causes, are, they're not 
all silos, you know, you can't silo them. They're all interwoven and all part of, um, you know, the causes of late-stage capitalism. Um, so, yeah, a group of young people came together, mostly young people, but we've got more of a mixed bag these days to kind of address some of the, the issues happening down on this island but also linking them to some of the bigger stuff happening around the whole country and around the world. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's so amazing. Here we are. And I've actually been along to one of your or a few of your meetings at the Wilderness Society building, which feels like it yep. holds a lot of history and power. And it was pretty epic yeah. seeing so many young, enthusiastic people collaging and doing all sorts of things and sharing and communal yeah. meals. And I just felt this this sense of warmth and wholesomeness. It was so nice. And I feel yeah. like that's a really important part of what, you know, Grant has been able to provide the community. So yeah. could you tell me a little bit more about that and maybe how, yeah, that has been cultivated over time? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny. We're very lucky we were able – we're put up by um, the Wilderness Society in the old building, which I'm not sure if you've seen Franklin, the documentary um, that came out recently. Yeah, um, it was so good. That showed all the all the old campaigners that that was their headquarters, and you look at them, and they pretty much look the same as us now. They all look like bearded hippies and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it feels nice to kind of be continuing a legacy in that space. Um, but yeah, we we've um, kind of slowly developed our own kind of culture and identity. Um, a lot of us are, you know, friends. Uh, outside of Grant as well, so there's that's what brings that friendly atmosphere to the thing. We're, we're obviously try to be an opening and welcoming space for people to just jump into at any point. Um, a lot of people, this is their first kind of landing ground for activism. Like, there's no uh, kind of real campus culture at the at UTAS, University of Tasmania doesn't really have much student activity there anymore. So in lieu of that, a lot of people are jumping into Grant to, to you know, get get involved with something that they care about. Um, but, yeah, we've got just a fun little culture. We often just have, like, a uh, at our meetings, we have a, a dinner that we all, you know, kind of break bread and enjoy a meal together and we have a bit of a funny introductory round with a silly question about, you know, something or another um can be anything from what your last bowel movements were to you know what if you had an animal you know uh kind of talent or something what would it be and yeah that's a bit of fun and then we get stuck into the nitty-gritty get into our little working groups um and start plotting and planning uh the downfall of capitalism <laughs> so what have you been plotting lately that's super juicy for contributing to the downfall of capitalism potter Oh, well, it's an easy task. So, um, yeah, we, we've got it all sorted out. Um, but, no, we, we've got a lot of uh, nice localised campaigns challenging the kind of, you know, the greed and the um, kind of, uh, yeah, injustice of living under today's uh, state of affairs. Um, but some of the big campaigns we've got going on at the moment is there's a, um, stuff around housing, around the fact that there's so many Airbnb's bees popping up in Hobart, which is um, reducing the amount of uh, long-term rentals and there's a huge housing crisis at the moment. People can't find rentals. Um, we've also got campaigns around the 
proposed new stadium. The uh, state government wants to build a big, stupid new stadium that we don't need. We've got a perfectly good stadium that houses 20,000 people, but they want to build a new one that houses an extra 3,000 people. And again, why do we need a big, stupid new stadium when we've got like a cost of living crisis and our hospitals are completely overrun down here? Um, we've got an uh, uh, ongoing kind of forest climate campaign trying to link the activities to our um, state-run um, forestry industry, the Sustainable Timbers Tasmania, and how their practices, their, their regen burns and uh, clear felling of old-growth forests is the biggest source of carbon emissions in the state and calling out their greenwashing. Um, and we've got ongoing kind of campaigns supporting First Nations, the Palawa people of Luchuita, um of the island, and um, that takes lots of different forms. And, uh, yeah, that's some of the big stuff going on at the moment. Sounds epic. I saw some social media surrounding the Airbnb situation. Uh, how's that yeah. been received by the public? Because obviously you just had Dark Mofo, which obviously yeah, there's a huge uh, migration from Victoria to to Hobart yeah. for a couple of weeks. And yeah, yeah, people go and occupy a lot of places that should be home. So yeah, yeah. how is that all That's going? Yeah, it's, well, yeah, pretty much every Airbnb and hotel is fully booked out for the Dark Mofo time. So it's like then people need to be put up somewhere. So the blame isn't being put on people um, using Airbnb. It's it's even some people just like go away for that time and Airbnb their house out just for that time. It's about people who are taking uh, long-term rentals that what have been long-term rentals off the long-term rental market and turning them into short-term stays, Airbnb stays, whatever they use. Um, and that's uh, basically, yeah, uh, creating this huge problem uh, when people are needing a house to stay and people who – and these aren't people who just got one or two uh, air, extra Airbnbs. These are like people who've got like nine, ten. It's become a business for them, right? And it's just greedy. Um, but we've started to call people out on their, on on this greed and it's ruffled a few feathers. Um, the landlords and landlordesses have been, uh, yeah, out on our threads, the Kens and Karens have been uh, ranting and raving, um, but I think we're really, uh, you know, hitting a chord with a lot of the young people out there who, like, they can't. The idea of owning a house is just beyond them now, right? They just need somewhere to live, and even that's being made hard for them, right? Um, so we're getting to the people that we need to get to, and we're annoying the people that we need to annoy. So yeah. Great. Sounds like a very productive uh, plan you have there to tackle the housing crisis. Um, so yeah. a little bit on forests, given yeah. Victoria's just had a pretty significant announcement that we're bringing forward the transition and we've had some pretty incredible successes in the courts with you know, the Court of Appeal rejecting Vic Forest's application to overturn the orders last year that saw you know, logging cease across the state for eight plus months has that had yeah. any impact on the state of affairs down there in tassie how's how are people feeling are you feeling amped up and like you know you're going to be able to see that shift for tassie's forest as well soon 
Yeah, it does feel like the pressure's on now. Like, you know, um, WA as well feels like a lot of states see the writing on the wall, see that um, it's our forests are worth more left standing than, than, you know, just turning them into wood chips just to be sent off to, to Japan or whatever. Um, and that's particularly the case down here in Tassie where we have some of the last large swathes of, of old growth, untouched wilderness, you know. We're so lucky down here that there is so much, but also so much of it's been absolutely smashed as well. Mm. Um, we've been putting the pressure on for years now, us and alongside many other different groups as well, the Bob Brown Foundation, the Wilderness Society, um, you know, kind of even just using uh, the um, sustainable timbers own regulation against them, you know, a bit of guerrilla warfare, even by their own standards around swift parrot breeding areas and and um, quality forests and stuff like that, uh, they're still logging areas that goes against their own regulations. So um, we've been doing a lot of citizen science, um, looking at critical swift parrot breeding area um, and turning that uh, data over to the Forest Practices Authority to um, protect those areas. Um, so we had a big campaign down in the um, forest, the Lonavale Forest down in the southwest, out past Hewenville. Um, we collected lots of data for a, a good couple of summers there while the swift parrots down there um, and turned that over to the regulators and that area's just been taken off the next three-year plan. So that's a nice little reprieve. Um, but also, yeah, doing the big political kind of campaign to talk, you know, um, try to convince the Liberal government that they don't want to be the last state in the country who's still keeping up these age-old antiquated um, forest practices, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's time that they all followed suit and get out of our native forests and protect them for all the amazing, abundant ecosystem services they provide and just their intrinsic value. We know how yeah. amazing they are. And I was stoked to see that the Grove Giants has taken off the the timber release plan. So that's a really big win yeah. for you guys to that's celebrate. It. But Potto, just wanted to ask for our listeners today, if they happen to be yeah. coming down to Tassie and visiting Hobart, how can they get involved and pop in for a grant meeting? Sure, yeah. Um, we welcome any mainlanders who are coming down um, <laughs> to pop in. Uh, we meet every Monday night. Um, uh, from five-ish people are starting to gather to, like, um, look at uh, clean up our food pantry, work in the community garden, um, do all kinds of crafting and stuff. So anytime from five o'clock we're doing that, and then normally six o'clock we start getting into the meeting and having dinner and whatnot. So, yeah, and we meet at um, 130 Davy Street, which is the old Wilderness Society building, um, which is on one of the main streets going into town. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're not on the TikToks yet. We're going to get there eventually. <laughs> I've started uh, my flossing routine. So, yeah. Uh, We'll get there soon. Um, but, yeah, drop us a line on any of um, the socials if you can't find us. Um, but, yeah, we're there every Monday night pretty much. Great. Well, thanks so much for popping on for a chat today, Potto, and keep up no the stellar work. Can't wait to take down the world with you. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, thanks mate. mate. Well, thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Dirt Radio with Alana Mountain at 3CR. And you can catch our show next week at 9.30am Tuesday morning once again. 
This is Know Your Rights by The Clash. Have a sick day.